Welcome to the preaching ministry of Port St. Lucie Bible Church. We are a Christian church whose goal is to faithfully preach Christ from Scripture so that we might better love and serve Him. We pray that this message from God's Word would engage your mind with the truth and inspire your heart to obey Christ. Here's today's message. Our reading, our Scripture reading from the Gospel of Luke reminded us uh, that we commemorate uh, this day each year, uh, this day that we call Christmas, uh, because it celebrates Christ's birth. Uh, in fact, the French term Noel uh, that is used in, in many uh, Christmas carols, uh, that's an old French word from the French language, and it means birth or birthday. In fact, our Christmas Day message tomorrow is titled Noel. And we realize that families celebrate uh, births quite commonly, uh, but Noel uh, refers to a very special birth. The scene pictured at, uh, at the beginning of Luke chapter 2, yeah, it portrays a, a busy world. They're, they're busy going about their typical business, government and business, that scripture reveals that Rome had ordered another census to levy taxes and appropriate spending. Uh, this was not uncommon in that day. A census of the Roman Empire uh, appears to have occurred about every 14 years or so. Uh, some were registers uh, for military service. Uh, others were meant to gauge population for appropriations and spending, distribution of government resources. Now, the Roman government wasn't distributing care packages, all right? No, if you want to keep an empire secure, you're going to want to know how many people live where and where they come from, where they originate from, who they are, and such information might even help you discern uh, where is the best position, the best place to put a military installment or a garrison if needed. Uh, and this census, this was a big one. This was a big one. It was ordered by the renowned Octavius. You might also know him as Octavian. Uh, we also know him as Caesar Augustus. Now, that title, Augustus, uh, that was awarded to him by the Roman Senate, and, and that word means exalted one. It was a term attributing uh, religious veneration every time that, that the title Caesar Augustus uh, was used or announced throughout the empire. And this decree in Luke chapter 2, uh, this decree was declared to the entire empire. You might have a translation uh, that states that this decree was to uh, all the inhabited earth. Come present yourself and be numbered among my empire. This census, it was the law of the land. Many years later, uh, when that law of the land applied to taxes, uh, an older Jesus would say, 
you know, render unto Caesar those things which are Caesar's. So away Joseph and Mary go. They went to Bethlehem. They, they're obedient. They register for this census. Consider this irony. The birth narrative begins with a, a powerful earthly ruler. Octavius in his day was more famous than anyone else could be compared. You might remember from history that Octavius, he was the military leader who in a great sea battle, a great sea battle, uh, defeated both Mark Antony and Cleopatra. He sank their navies, and uh, afterward, of course, Antony, or Mark Antony, uh, he committed suicide, later as did uh, Cleopatra, and all of the forces who belonged to Antony uh, then swore allegiance to Octavius. There was no greater public figure alive on the earth in that day, and no one compares in ours. Uh, Caesar Augustus was a powerful and highly exalted uh, person among men. But then there came a carpenter. He's named Joseph. He's traveling with his wife, uh, virtually unnoticed. He's disregarded by everyone, uh, even though she clearly was soon to give birth. And perhaps due to many people traveling for the census, we don't know why, uh, but there was no empty room for Joseph and Mary in the inn. But it appears there was an open stall. I realize sometimes we lament, oh, how horrible. Uh, the first crib for poor baby Jesus, it was an animal feeding trough, a, a manger. But you know, I expect that Mary and Joseph were pretty thankful to God that they had a place, that God had provided that stall. You know, with a, with a little clean straw, clean and dry straw, a stall can be made a pretty comfortable location, uh, a place to lie down after a long and wearying journey. If God the Father determined that a manger was a perfectly safe and warm place for his own son to be born, uh, who am I? Who am I? I'm pretty satisfied with the accommodations, as I'm sure Mary was as well. But have you ever thought, you know, why a stall? Why, why a manger? Why was Jesus born in a place common to, to livestock and you know, people who work with livestock? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I imagine it might have had a little something to do with evangelism. Who are the very next people who are in, introduced to this narrative? They're the shepherds. It's no theological exaggeration. You have probably heard it before, but it is no theological exaggeration. 
that uh, we now understand from secular recorded history that by the time of Christ, shepherding was a despised profession. The occupation had gained a reputation of employing transients, outsiders, habitually moved from place to place, not very, not very regular people. Uh, some shepherds, they probably couldn't pass a background check. And, and some later sources record that a shepherd's testimony was to be rejected or at least deemed suspect in a court of law. And furthermore, you know, after spending days on end sleeping in the fields, uh, working amongst the sheep, I imagine those shepherds probably smelled a little bad. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. These guys wouldn't feel very comfortable walking into the Ritz. Uh, meanwhile, the Magi, or what we sometimes refer to as the three kings from the east, they're not going to arrive on the scene until sometime later. Uh, the Gospel of, of Matthew describes Mary and Joseph as already living in some form of house by the time the Magi arrive. Uh, so it is most probable that this first night... The only visitors, besides the animals and the angels, were these shepherds who were, well, they were staying out in the fields and they were keeping watch over their flock by night. Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. On the night of his birth, baby Jesus has every provision that he needs, and God the Father calls upon even the humble outcast to come to gather and worship his And this evening, he does so by announcing through an angel good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. All the people. That may reflect back to all the inhabited earth from verse 1. In verse 1, there came a, a human decree a, a man's decree put out to all the earth by Caesar, the exalted one. Come and be numbered among my kingdom. And by comparison, in verse 10, God puts out a heavenly decree for all the people. What's his decree? Luke 2.11 Today in the city of David... There has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Implied to the lowly shepherds by God is this. Stop whatever you're doing and come and be numbered among my kingdom. 
This is the call that goes out this Christmas Eve. Come and worship the King who is highly exalted, not just as a man, but as God. That is the meaning of the Latin phrase, Gloria in excelsis Deo. Glory to the highest God. You won't find the exalted one living in a palace in Rome. Uh, well, you'll find him lying in a manger. Wrapped in swaddling clothes. Accessible to all, even the lowly. And suddenly there appeared with that angel a multitude of heavenly hosts setting the precedent for what men should do on this night. They were praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. Gloria in excelsis Deo. And on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Then the angels disappeared. The shepherds gathered. They're, they're going to give their response. And that is, they, they, they say, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. That night, the shepherds became the first televangelists. They departed by, by telling everyone, well, go a tell it on the mountains, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountains that Jesus Christ is born. They did become evangelists. They were glorifying and, and praising God, telling everybody about what they had heard and seen. And we read, All who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. Oh, if the same would be said of us. And Christians have been telling other, others every Christmas since that there has been born a Savior, Christ the Lord. He is a Redeemer, Jesus God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. Thank you, O my Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your Spirit here. Tell the work is done. Jesus was conceived a holy child. Our scripture reading tomorrow morning from Matthew will reveal that Joseph took Mary as his wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is, is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Jesus Christ became man's only Savior, born both God and man. Through the incarnation, Jesus became God with us. And being truly God, he was born without sin. And being truly man, he he continued to live righteously throughout his life without sin. And he gave himself as an unblemished lamb of sacrifice, a lamb of God who was slain for the sins of the world, not his own, the sins of the world. And on the cross, God made him who knew no sin to become sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Folks, this child was born to save. And he saves through becoming our substitution. When he died, Jesus bore the punishment for our sins so that when we die, we don't have to. Praise God. And to all who receive him, to all who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. Folks, if you have a checkered past, perhaps you can't even pass a background check if everybody knew what you've done. Or if you think that a holy and righteous God could never forgive you for for the things that you have done uh, because you're an outcast. Or maybe you assume that you just smell too bad. No worries. Jesus came to accept those who are lowly. Turn from your sins. Turn to Christ. Come, bow down, and worship. And you too will be numbered in his kingdom. Do not be afraid, for behold, we bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior.